The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Want to tell you about this? Um, it's a it's a powerful public service announcement with a very very important message from the Zebra Child Protection Center. Children who suffer abuse may go unnoticed, while all burdens are under weeks or months of isolation during the global pandemic. For those children at risk, home is not always a safe place. There are concerns that reports of child abuse have dropped right across the country. During this time, vulnerable children and youth don't have the supports they need to reach out for help. As a community, we all have a role in protecting children right now. Don't wait. If you are worried about a child, reach out. Visit albertacacs.ca to learn more. Kids Can't Wait is the message from Zebra, and it comes as the number of reports of child abuse during the pandemic is down a lot. Now, normally, you'd think that that would be a good thing, but in these circumstances, agencies who work to protect children fear that the opposite is true. Cheryl Zebel is the CEO of the Zebra Child Protection Center. Cheryl joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thank you very much for having me, Jalen. All right. You know what, Cheryl, this video, um, which was made in collaboration with the Child Advocacy Centers of Alberta, is, is a real reminder to Albertans that um, home isn't always a, a isn't isn't a safe place for, for some kids. It was a very powerful message. Mm-hmm. And you want to expand on that a little bit, because I think a lot of people think, oh, the kids are at home. It's fine. Everything will be just fine. That's not the case. Yeah. The message behind the video is really about um, kids cannot wait for the end of the pandemic and they can't wait for the end of the isolation. Um, we know that our cases have, have gone down in terms of our intakes at the centre and we don't believe it's because child abuse has gone down. We believe it's just not getting reported because uh, children don't have a voice and they don't have the protective factors they normally would, such as schools and childcare facilities. Let's talk about those numbers, Cheryl. Can you mm-hmm. give us an idea of what your numbers are telling you right now? So the first four weeks of the pandemic isolation period, uh, we took those numbers from this year and we compared them to the same time period as last year. And um, we have a 30% decrease from year over year in terms of the time period. And I also compared the, the four weeks of the pandemic to the four weeks before the isolation period and I saw the same number of 30%. So we're wow. very concerned. Yeah, I mean, what does that tell you? What does that tell you, Cheryl, or do we want to know? It tells us, like ourselves and our multidisciplinary team with the police, child uh, services and and Alberta Health Services and the Crown's office and RCMP and such, we believe that it's not a reduction in child abuse, but really because these protective factors are no longer in place the way they were before, um, there's not necessarily the voice of the child uh, coming to the surface in terms of uh, issues around child abuse. So we wanted to make uh, certain uh, statements like this video and really get into our social media um, platforms and stuff and also work with our partners um, in education and the police and that to see how we can make some inroads to make some new protective factors for kids and one of the ways is to really elevate the message in the public. 
Absolutely. You know what? Uh, when this started, uh, you know, six, seven weeks ago, however long it's been now, Cheryl, I remember seeing a couple of teachers that I follow on Twitter who were heartbroken and who were terrified about what might happen to a couple of the children in their classrooms because they were very worried. They were very worried about the situations that they were living in at home. And in, in and it's people like teachers who often play a big role in in finding out if, if something bad is going on at home, is, isn't it? Aren't they? Yes. Often uh, there's such a layer of protective factor that happens uh, in the role of a teacher and so I know that the uh, education system uh, across Edmonton and the police system EPS the Edmonton City Police are working very closely together around um, ensuring that if teachers are worried about certain kids that we're able to try and uh, loop back with that family and um, see if we can support them in, in a different way. And it would be difficult if the kids are doing online learning at home like so many are because parents might be around. There's there's not that opportunity f- to have maybe that private conversation with a teacher or a, or a basketball coach or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, many of those protective factors like the teachers, the coaches, uh, child care facilities, they're not having that one-to-one conversation with kids. Um, what we're also encouraging is that the, the general public in terms of whether it's a neighbor or an extended family family member or such if there's a family that you're worried about maybe touch base with them um, see how things are especially if it's a family that was even under a stressful time period before the pandemic because it's likely that it's it's that much more elevated now that there's all this other stuff going on for them and the isolation as well so anything that we can do as a community to reach out to the families that we're most worried about um, I think it's imperative that we do that at this time. Cheryl, a lot of people are afraid to uh, to reach out. They're not sure what to do or what to say. What do we do? What do we say? I think... um just checking in and, and seeing uh, how they're doing, what their stressors are, um, if there's anything that you can help them with in terms of resources. Uh, the check-ins are all done remotely, but you can always drop off things and that kind of stuff for families. There's also a lot of community agencies that are still operating and still um, contacting families and also providing resources to families. And um, if you go to our website, zebra.ca, um, there's a listing of resources that you can access in terms of uh, community resources families can do that for themselves or if you um, maybe as a neighbor wanted to see what different types are available and suggest them to people that you know well so there's different ways of being able to do that if even if you're not totally comfortable being the person to reach out there's some different alternatives that you can use in terms of uh, resources that would be able to reach out to families all right so i mean i just i think a lot of people aren't a hundred percent maybe what to look for because Mm -hmm. we think of the obvious when you know we know that sometimes oftentimes it's not obvious um you know so they can find out some information on the websites uh, about how to look and what they should be looking for yes yeah absolutely there's different uh, definitions and signs of abuse um what we talk about a lot is not the obvious signs uh so the obvious signs might be bruising or cuts or things like that but we talk a lot about three different spheres in which a young person functions and that's emotional behavioral and functional and if a young person suddenly is behaving very different um, in the same circumstance and their baseline has completely changed in terms of how they're behaving in that circumstance 
that's a flag. Or if their uh, emotional uh, reaction to something is suddenly very different than it used to be, that might be a flag. Or if they're functioning, like they're not sleeping well suddenly, they don't have an appetite suddenly, or they're um, really lethargic, those kind of things, if their functioning has changed. It's those kind of things we also look for. And that doesn't mean necessarily there's child abuse, but it means there's a flag that we need to have a conversation to see what's going on with them have that conversation so if someone is concerned that something may be going on is the best um, starting point to contact police if if they are suspecting child abuse yes yeah okay the police or children's Um, services are the two reporting entities yeah okay cheryl are is there anything else that you want people to know about about that psa and and about what they should be, be you know keeping in mind during this pandemic with child abuse just i think uh one of the messages zebra always gives and it's in the video as well is that this is a community responsibility it's it's not necessarily just uh children's services or the police or zebra center um it's really about all of us kind of uh, recognizing child abuse and um if we're aware of concerns and worries then um trying to follow that in the best way possible and accessing resources if we're not sure what to do um to reach out is is zebra is zebra center still open yes the zebra center continues to operate Uh, our partners are still there we're still there we're operating somewhat differently now um in the sense that we have we go in uh, when young people come in uh, with their caregivers to tell their story. So when they go in for yes. their forensic interview, we're there to support them. Um, otherwise, we do all of our work remotely that can be done remotely. So uh, we're trying to have uh, a less of a footprint within the building as much as possible, but still maintaining support. So finding the balance between uh, safety and support. Cheryl, I know um, a couple of big fundraisers uh, for Zebra Centre have been put on hold because of the situation. Ladies on the Green, certainly the Wild Run Marathon um, uh, as well. How is that going to impact what what you're doing? Well... The centre, over the course of the next six months, will have um, significant impacts around fundraising and uh, we'll have to look at our fundraising in a very different manner. do typically rely on larger group settings and go tournaments and things like that. Um, however, that's not going to be happening in the next six months. So we'll need to try and uh, uh, remotely access uh, donors uh, and do some virtual kind of events. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to have an impact for sure. Yeah, an, Im- an impact on so many organizations like yours and charities. Yeah. And I should mention it's the Run Wild. It's not Wild Run. It's Run yeah, Wild. Run Wild. I know yeah. that. <laughs> um, but, you know, our great friends over at Leading Edge Physiotherapy who, you know, uh, you back that every year. And, yeah. and Carrie and the team at Ladies on the Green, always such a great event um, that sells out like that. We're going to miss that this year and I'm going to miss being there. Um, but um, you know what, uh, Cheryl, I know folks are going to be there for you on the other side. Mm-hmm. But the most important message right now is uh, to to be there for the children who um, may be suffering, who may be suffering given the circumstances that they're in right now. So keep that in mind. Remember this conversation. And if you are concerned, if you think something is happening, reach out, make that point of contact. And if you know it is happening, get a hold of Children's Services or Edmonton Police. Cheryl, thank you for this and thank you for the work that you and your team does. Thank you, Jen.
All right, Cheryl, Cheryl Zebel joining us this afternoon. She is the CEO of the uh, Zebra Child Protection Center. Oh, man, they do such amazing, amazing work there. Um, I've been uh, lucky enough to be involved with a couple of their events over the past uh, number of years and just seeing uh, what they do and the changes they make and the support that they give. It is, um, it's amazing to know that organizations like Zebra are in our city.